Hello, my good friends, and welcome back to another episode of The Informed Catholic. This is going to be episode 134. My name is Ned Jabbar, and this is The Informed Catholic, episode 134. Today, we're going to do the readings for Corpus Christi, the most holy body and blood of our Lord. So, um, if you like what I do and you think I'm doing a good job, please subscribe and share. I try the best I can. All right, so let's open up with the act of contrition. <clears throat> In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words and what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray with me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us all our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision, Christe elision, Christe elision, Christe elision. Kiri elision, kiri elision, kiri elision. Glory to God in the highest, and peace to people of goodwill. We praise you, we bless you, we adore you, we glorify you, we give you thanks for your great glory. Lord God, Heavenly King, O God Almighty Father, Lord Jesus Christ, Only Begotten Son, Lord God, Lamb of God, Son of the Father, you take away the sins of the world, have mercy on us, you take away the sins of the world, <clears throat> receive our prayer. You are seated at the right hand of the Father, have mercy on us. For you alone are the Holy One, you alone are the Lord, you alone are the Most High, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit, in the glory of God the Father, Amen. Psalm 33, I'm sorry, hold on. <laughs> the entrance antiphon is actually from Psalm 81. He fed them with the finest wheat and satisfied them with the honey from the rock. Okay, so uh, the feast of Corpus Christi and... Let's see, this is year B, so they actually had three cycles for this. Uh, um, here it is. First one is, first reading is from Genesis chapter 14, verse 18 to 20. Melchizedek brought out bread and wine. In, uh, hold on, sorry, again, I got it mixed up here. Here it is. Exodus, I'm sorry. It's Exodus. This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you. Exodus chapter 24, verse 3 and 8. When Moses came to the people and related all the words and ordinances of the Lord, they all answered with one voice, We will do everything that the Lord has told us. Moses then wrote down all the words of the Lord and rising very early the next day, he erected at the foot of the mountain an altar and 12 pillars for the 12 tribes of Israel. Then having sent certain young men of the Israelites to offer holocausts and sacrifices, young bulls as a peace offering to the Lord. 
Moses took half of the blood and put it in large bowls. The other half he splashed on the altar. Taking the book of the covenant, he read it out loud to the people, who answered, All that the Lord has said we will heed and do. Then he took the blood and sprinkled it on the people, saying, This is the blood of the covenant that the Lord has made with you in accordance with all these words, all these words of his. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Okay. The response to the psalm is from Psalm 116. And the response is, I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. How shall I make a return to the Lord for all the good he has done for me? The cup of salvation I will take up and I will call upon the name of the Lord. I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Precious in the eyes of the Lord is the death of all his faithful ones. I am your servant, the son of your handmaid. You have loosed my bonds. I will take up the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. To you will I offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving, and I will call upon the name of the Lord. My vows to the Lord I will pay in the presence of his people. I will take the cup of salvation and call on the name of the Lord. Amen. Second reading is from the letter to the Hebrews, chapter 9, verse 11 to 15. The blood of Christ will cleanse our conscience. A reading from the letter to the Hebrews by St. Paul. When Christ came as high priest of the good thing of the good things that have come to be, by passing through the greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made by hands, that is, not belonging to this creation, he entered once for all into the sanctuary, not with blood of goats and calves, but with his own blood thus obtaining eternal redemption. For if the blood of goats and bulls and the sprinkling of heifers' ashes can sanctify those who are defiled so that their flesh is cleansed, how much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal, the eternal Spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our conscience from dead works to worship the living God, for this reason he is a mediator of a new covenant, since a death since a death has taken place for deliverance from transgressions under the first covenant, those who are called may receive the promised eternal inheritance. Word of the Lord, thanks be to God. Okay, so this is um sequence La Laude Sion. Loud, O Zion, your salvation, loud with hymns of exultation, Christ your King and Shepherd true. Bring him all the praise you know. He is more than you bestow. Never can you reach his due. Special theme for glad thanksgiving is the quickening and the living. Bread today before you, before you set from his hands of old partaken, as we know by faith unshaken, where the twelve at supper met. 
Full and clear ring out your chanting. Joy nor sweetest grace be wanting. From your heart let praise burst. From today the feast is holden, when the institution olden of that supper was rehearsed. Here the new law's new abolition, by the new king's revelation, ends the form of ancient rite. Now the new, the old effaces, truth away the shadow chases, light dispels the gloom of night. What he did at supper seated, Christ ordained to be repeated, his memorial near to cease, and his rule for guidance taking, bread and wine we hallow making, thus our sacrifice of peace. This the truth each Christian learns, bread into his flesh he turns, to his precious blood the wine, sight has filled sight has filled no thought no thought conceives but a dauntless faith believes resting now on power divine here beneath these signs are hidden priceless things to sense forbidden sign not not things all we see blood is poured and flesh is broken yet in in either wondrous token christ enter we know to be Whoso of this food partaketh, does not rend the Lord, nor breaketh. Christ is whole to all that taste. Thousands are as one receives, one as thousands believes. Eats of him who cannot waste. Blood of Christ for, a cease, for, for feast or sharing. Of what devours from dooms preparing endless death or endless life. Life to these, to those dem damnations, life to these, to those damnations. See how the participation is with unlike issues rife. When the sacraments, when the sacrament is broken, doubt not, but believe tis spoken, each severed. Outward token doth the very whole contain, not the prices gives divide, bringing but the the sight betides. Jesus still the same abides, still unbroken does remain. Okay. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, says the Lord. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, says the Lord. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the living bread that came down from heaven, says the Lord. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. Alleluia, alleluia. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. John. My flesh is true food and my blood is true drink. It's chapter 6, verse 51 to 58. Jesus said to the Jewish crowd, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. 
The Jews quarreled among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, Amen, amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. For my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me, and I will, uh, and I have life because of the Father, so also any, the one who feeds on me will have life because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Unlike your ancestors who ate and still, uh, who ate. And still died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, let's. Um, this is um, a little catechesis on the Eucharist, Sacrament of the Holy Eucharist Meditation. It's a um, a novena book, but I I figured this is a perfect thing to read here. The Eucharist is the sacrament which contains the true body and blood of Jesus Christ, together with his soul and divinity, the entire living and glorified uh, Christ under the appearance of bread and wine. The Council of Trent clearly defines the truth that is the very foundation of all Christ's life and worship. In the most holy sacrament of the Eucharist, there is contained truly, really, and substantially the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, together with his soul and divinity, indeed the whole Christ. As Catholics, we believe that Jesus Christ remains personally present on the altar as long as there is a consecrated host in the tabernacle. He is the same Jesus Christ, true God and true man, who walked the streets of Galilee and Judea. We believe that he actually comes as our personal guest every time we receive Holy Communion. The Eucharist is, the, is one of the seven sacraments instituted by Christ to give us a share in the life of God. It is the greatest of all seven sacraments since it contains Christ himself, the divine author of the sacraments. There are three different aspects or phases of the Eucharist. The first is called the real presence of Christ on the altar, while there remains a consecrated host in the tabernacle. The second phase of the Eucharist is the sacrifice of the Mass, and the third is Holy Communion. The word Eucharist from the Greek means thanksgiving. It is applied to this sacrament because our Lord gave thanks to his Father when he instituted it, and also because the holy sacrifice of the Mass is the best means of expressing our thanks to God for his favors. The Holy Eucharist is the very center of Catholic worship the heart of Catholic life because the church believes that the Son of God is truly present in the Blessed Sacrament. She erects beautiful churches 
and adorns them richly. The sacrifice of the Mass is not only a ritual which reminds us of the sacrifice of Calvary. In it, through the ministry of the priest, Christ continues till the end of time. The sacrifice of the cross in an unbloody manner. The Eucharist also is a, um, also is a meal which reminds us of the Last Supper, celebrates our unity together in Christ, and already now makes present the messianic banquet of the kingdom of heaven. In the Eucharist, Jesus nourishes Christians with his own self, the bread of life, so that they may become a people more pleasing to God and filled with the greater love of God and neighbor. Okay, read it one more time. In the Eucharist, Jesus nourishes Christians with his own self, the bread of life, so that they may become a people more pleasing to God and filled with greater love of God and neighbor. The Eucharist is reserved in our churches to be a powerful help to prayer and the service of others. Reservation of the Blessed Sacrament means that at the end of communion, in the remaining consecrated the remaining consecrated bread is blessed in the tabernacle and reverently reserved. The Eucharist reserved is an is a continuing sign of our Lord's real presence among his people and spiritual food for the sick and dying. We owe, we owe gratitude, adoration, and devotion to the real presence of Christ in the Blessed Sacrament. Reserved, we show this devotion in our visits to the tabernacle in our churches and in benediction when the Blessed Sacrament is exposed to the people for reverence and adoration, and the priest blesses the people with the Lord's body. The tombs of martyrs, the paintings on the walls in the catacombs, and the, cu the custom of reserving the Blessed Sacrament in the homes of the first Christians in the years of persecution show the unity of faith in the first centuries of Christianity, in the doctrine that in the Eucharist Christ is really contained, offered and reserved from, uh, reserved. from the Eucharist, the entire church drew strength for courageous struggles and brilliant victories. The Eucharist is the center of all sacramental life because it is of the greatest importance for uniting and strengthening the church. The novena in honor of the, of, the, of the sacrament of the Holy Eucharist can be made many times during the liturgical year to deepen our faith in this greatest mystery of love, the, the center of all sacramental life of the church. Now here's a few words uh, from the scriptures. I am the bread of life. Your ancestors ate the manna in the wilderness, and yet they died. This is the bread that comes down from heaven, so that one may eat it and never die. I myself am the living bread that comes down from heaven. 
Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread I will give is my flesh for the life of the world. Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood dwells in me, and I in him, just as the living Father sent me, and I have life because of the Father. So whoever eats, eats me will have life because of me. The Gospel of John, chapter 6, verse 48 to 57. Jesus took bread, and after he had pronounced the blessing, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this and eat. This is my body. Then he took a cup, and after offering thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from this, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which will be shed on behalf of of many for the forgiveness of sins. Matthew chapter 26, verse 26 to 28. And then the last one, do this in memory of me, Luke chapter 22, verse 19. So it's, you know, I think it's uh, it's something we need to develop more, more seriously about, it, especially the times that we live in. Here's a little novena prayer. I'll read some of it. I thank you, Jesus, my divine Redeemer, for coming upon the earth for our sake and for instituting the adorable sacrament of the Holy Eucharist in order to remain with us until the end of the world. I thank you for hiding beneath the Eucharistic species your infinite majesty and beauty, which your angels delight to behold so that I might have courage to approach the throne of your mercy. I thank you, most loving Jesus, for having made yourself my food and for uniting me to yourself with so much love in this wonderful sacrament that I may live in you. I thank you, my Jesus, for giving yourself to me in this blessed sacrament and so enriching it with the treasures of your love that you have no greater gift to give me. I thank you. I thank, I thank you not only for becoming my food, but also for offering yourself as a continual sacrifice to your eternal Father for my salvation. I thank you, divine priests, for offering yourself as a sacrifice daily upon our altars in adoration and homage to the most blessed Trinity and for making amends for our, for our poor, miserable adorations. I thank you for renewing in the daily sacrifice the actual sacrifice of the cross offered on Calvary in which you satisfy uh, divine justice for us poor sinners. I thank you, dear Jesus, for having become Christ's victim to merit for me the fullness of heavenly favors. Awaken in me such confidence in you that their fullness may be descend evermore fruitfully upon my soul. I thank you for offering yourself in, the th in thanksgiving to God for all his benefits, spiritual and temporal, which he has bestowed upon me in union with your offering of yourself to your Father in the Holy Sacrifice, sacrifice of Mass. I ask for this special favor, and this is where we all take a moment. Take a moment. You can pause it where you offer 
you make a, you make a personal petition for whatever problems you have, for whatever um, crisis has come up, health, financial, family, relationship, um, work, any of those things. Just stop and and offer it up. Ask for help. Okay, you can actually pause it. And then we continue from there. If it be your holy will, grant my request. Through you, I also hope to receive the grace of perseverance in your love and faithful service, a holy death and a happy eternity with you in heaven. Amen. All right. Okay, let's stop there. So, they, if you noticed, it kept on saying, body, blood, soul, and divinity. Now it also what it means, humanity, uh, his mind, he, he, his mind, his soul, everything we receive is, is the whole entire Christ, the glorified Christ, the, the, the glorified, the Christ who rose from the grave, comes into our souls and changes us. He you know, his glory, he shares his glorification, the glorification of his humanity in us so that we can become, become like him. The Eucharist is not just a symbol. This is why the church is very, very serious when, let's say, uh, politicians, um, unrepented people about their personal sexual lives like um, even heterosexuals, people living in uh, um, adultery, fornication, cannot receive communion. A heterosexual who is unrepentant about his or her lifestyle, and along with a a um, you know, I mean, you, you can go with the same thing with 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 everybody, regardless what we have to conform to him. He doesn't conform to us. I mean, today, this month is Pride Month, right? Pride Month. It's not just about LGBTQ. It's about pride. Unrepentant people who are demanding that Jesus Christ, who already came down, condescended down, and walked among humanity, what they want is him to be to condescend to their unrepentant lifestyle, their unrepentant sexual life. It's not just about homosexuals. It's about it could be about also about pedoph pedophilia. People who 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 sexually ab uh, abuse, confused maybe, uh, children, young children, and also pride for even there's now among them people who want to legalize pedophilia not just pedophilia but legalize bestiality legalize um um people living in multiple relationships at the same time people who now um they'll come up with every single perversity uh that the that the human mind can can conceive up and maybe even shock even uh, 
the worst person. But the fact is, do you really think that you can force God to accept you? Do you, I mean, come on. At least um, most sinners, like, like my goodness, Jonah, at least he tried running away from God even it was a feeble attempt. Right? Cain tried to hide his murder, his, shame, his shameful murder. Right? Judas Iscariot had the shame to run away and hang himself. Simon Peter at least, you know, wanted to run and hide after he denied his Lord three times. At least there's some shame there. There's shame, but this is a this is a shameless people. I mean, we've had artists go to mass collecting the Eucharist. This is why. I am against the idea of giving Holy Communion in the hand. All right? This is why I think, honestly, the bishops got it wrong. The liberal bishops, they're, they're slowly their church is dying. But th there was an artist in Spain who went through every single parish, collected as money as much as consecrated hosts. That means... They're, they're, they are truly the real body and blood of our Lord, the collection. And he used it for some art installation he, to write something, to, to, to spell out something. And another, another Catholic came and did an act of, of, of reparation. He got down on, the, on his knees, slowly said a prayer, and collected every single consecrated host, putting them in a sacred container while people took pictures I mean, pictures. I mean, I don't think the, 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 this, this Catholic was looking to make a show of it. But he reverently collected all of them, took them back to a bishop to be handled properly. Because they had already been greatly abused. Though the sacrament was greatly, was used uh, rudely and, and, and in a wick, for wicked intentions, a wicked manner, Right? It's wrong. You can't do things like this. And the thing is, the people on the left, they do it. They think, they say they claim they don't believe in it. But the truth is, they wouldn't go so for so much trouble to commit acts of sinful behavior like this if they didn't really believe it was true. Human beings need to believe, even, even an atheist needs to believe that there's some presence of the divine in the universe. Blasphemy is... Is a, it can be very creative. I remember, um, who was it? It was G.K. Chesterton who said once, for a Christian coming up with a blasphemous remark against Christ and his saints is not very hard because they're real. You know in your heart they're real. They really do exist. But try to come up with a blasphemous thought against Thor or Zeus, Right? or Aphrodite. Try to come up with something vile against them. You can't, because in your mind, your conscience knows they, they don't exist. But because of our fallen human nature, to say something blasphemous and it will come up with, a, with something blasphemous against the Blessed Mother isn't very hard because of our fallen sinful nature. We know she's real and she exists. Even Protestants sometimes, 
even though they don't know that they are insulting her by denying her as their mother, they themselves know in their heart that the saints do exist. The book of Revelation has a passage in there where the Antichrist says horrible things against God and the saints in heaven. Blasphemy is real because our sinful nature is real. Artists coming up with sinful, horrible things against Jesus on the cross. It's real. They know in their heart it's real. And sin is pride. I will not change my life for you, but you must come down from the cross and change and accept my life on my terms, O oh Jesus. I will not give up my pornographic lifestyle. I will not give up my pleasures. I will not give up my sinful behavior that I do privately behind closed doors out of pleasure for myself. I will not change my life. I will not change who I am. I will not change anything about me. I will dig my heels and, and live my life. And you must come down and accept me as I am on my terms because I am in charge of my life. Though you have created me, though you have wonderfully made me, I will not change for anyone, not even the whole world. But you, you must, because you are the whole world, you will accept me as I am. That's what it's all about. And that's what people should remember it's all about. It's all about not changing his, not changing sinful lifestyle. All right, let's close this. Let's just remember, we, we need to be holy. We can't, we can't do this. We can't keep on living our lives like this. You know, last week I read Steve Skojek's, um, his disappointment and frustration, um, his frustration with the world, with the way things are, you know, the, the nonsense, the, the wickedness, the, the, the way the priests have been behaving, holding the church hostage, whether it happens to be a Novus Ordo or a, 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 a traditional Latin mass, there is a pridefulness uh, that's developed among the clergy. And Skocek is, you know, he's, his frustration is valid. Is valid. But uh, unfortunately, you know, it's, it's valid. But it's also, you know, I think he... I mean, we all spend a lot of time. I mean, he spent more time in those communities. I... I hate to say this, but my maybe my uh, experiences in Catholicism has been more like a lone ranger, <laughs> you know, on my own. But I had some friends here and there, but I've never really invested too much in any community, uh, in any Catholic community. But we need to, um, we need to, we need to become holy. We need to, tr you know, really, really follow Christ. And grow in, in personal holiness. In the end, that's all that's left.
We can't, I don't have the power to change Pope Francis. Nope, no cardinal is going gonna, is gonna to take the time to, to listen to me. I'm nobody to them. If I had money, maybe they might. But even with money, they're not going to. They're not going to. Because in the end, it's what does Jesus really want from us today? He wants us to be holy. What did he say in the Sermon on the Mountain? All right, if you read the entire Sermon on the Mountain, the entire Sermon on the Mountain, you will, it's all about personal holiness. It's all about personal holiness. Blessed are the poor, blessed are the meek, blessed are those who are persecuted, blessed are those who have been rivaled and, and evil was said about them. Rejoice and be glad, for so has the prophets have been persecuted. He, all those things, he you know he makes it quite clear. It's all about personal holiness. Personal holiness. It's all about that. There's a book called The Way of the Pilgrim. In the end, no spiritual community is only going to get you to heaven. You could join the Franciscans, you can join the Jesuits, you can join join the Benedictine. But in the end, every monk and every brother and every sister goes into their own personal cell. And the cell is basically a reflection of their own personal relationship with God. Now, yes, we are Catholic and we as a community should pray together, should should um help each other but i can't take you to heaven with me and i the same no more the, the same way i can't stop you from going to hell with me because everybody ha is all about your own personal will and your own personal relationship with god we all of us are called to be holy and all of us are called to repent Repent of our sins. That's where it all comes down to. Personal holiness is the answer. You want to be holy. You want to get closer to God. And, you know, maybe if we... Maybe, maybe if Catholics got together for personal holiness... Maybe if we, you know, if we got together more often, said the rosary, right? Basically, maybe that's the best, that's the best thing in the world to do is to be personally holy. You talk to people, basically, in a sense, really, I'm, I'm looking over St. Ignatius Loyola's uh, spiritual exercises. He he didn't, you know, he, he, you know, the same way, it's the same way with Francis of Assisi. It's, you know, Francis wasn't a priest. He was a layman. Everything, he was a lay person. He was a young individual person who decided to go on a quest to find God and to find, to find holiness. Ignatius Loyola's is, is exercises we really were not meant for just a spiritual community, but weren't meant for individuals because in the end it's all individual. 
It's all about our individuality and our own one-on-one -on -one with God. You know, and also, yes, we do share our holiness with others. We try to influence others to have a, to have a relationship with God. It's all about being holy and, you know, we being the best human person that God wants you to be and to be the best child of God and thus to be the, the best holy person, the best holy person you can be. All right, here it is here. Let's look at it a little. We'll, we'll, we'll spend a little time with it. When Jesus saw the crowd, this is Matthew chapter 5, when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain, and after he was seated, his disciples gathered around him. Then he began to teach them as follows. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for justice, for they will have their fill. Blessed are the merciful, for they will obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure of heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called the children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted in, in the cause of justice, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you and persecute you and utter all kinds of calamities, evils, that is, against you for my sake. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward will be great in heaven. In the same manner, they persecute the prophets who preceded you. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its taste, what can be done to make it salty once again? It is no longer good for anything, and thus it is cast out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A city built upon a mountain cannot be hidden. Nor would someone light a lamp and then put it under a basket. Rather, it is placed upon a lampstand so that it may be, it may be off, it may off, be offered light to all in the house. In the same way, your light must shine so that it can be seen by others. This will enable them to observe your good works and give praise to your Father in heaven. There. Personal holiness will inspire other people. Not walking around conceited, not walking around with your head up in the air, but taking your relationship with Jesus seriously and taking the words of Jesus seriously. And the only way we can do this is by personal prayer. I'm, I'm serious. It's personal prayer. Private prayer personal prayer spending time with jesus alone now you could maybe you could it's how you want to do it is all up to you some people do it through the rosary maybe or sometimes maybe not the rosary maybe the rosary is good for meditation maybe you're not ready yet you could actually put your own program together 
He could start off with a formal prayer, like, say, the act of faith, the act of love, uh, you know, the act of hope prayer, and then go into your own personal private prayer. Say in Our Father and maybe three Hail Marys, your own personal start, your launching point, and then go, there's Chinese people in my neighborhood, and there's a woman out there, see, I think they're arguing family, so I told you there's going to be a noisy window. <laughs> anyway, the point is, it's it's there. And I think the problem why there's so much trouble and there's lack of faith in the Eucharist is because people, Catholics, have been deprived of personal holiness. You know, you could print as many books as you want. You can print all the books in the world you want, I've noticed. And Catholics have a lot of saints. We have a lot of them, many of them. But the one biggest problem is we've been deprived of personal holiness at Mass. That we've been deprived of. We have, we have a lot. I mean, it's true. The people like Scott Hahn and, and other Catholics, and you can have uh, the, a lot of them. But the problem is, the reason why they're very popular on YouTube is because those people have been getting the opportunity to be to 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 listen to personal holiness but we don't get it at church we don't get it at church we don't get it on sundays we don't get it from our personal priests and pastors they don't know how it seems but yes personal holiness if the church is going to change that priest was right that sunday we, we need to be holy in order to have holy priests. It starts at the root and the lay people are the ground, the ground, the, the, the root, the foundation, the ground zero. Once we have personal holy people, once we are, per, we, we are holy the way we're supposed to be. And by being personal holiness, meaning praying the rosary, praying the hours, praying all the observances, doing whatever it is to be, to be personally holy and studying the Catholic faith, we will develop true holiness. And when I mean by studying the faith, it means truly we personally, privately, in our own everyday lives, be Catholic. All right? Be Catholic in our own pr private holy lives, not separate from the church, but for the sake of the whole church. Be Catholic and be holy for the sake of the whole church, for ourselves, for God, obviously, God first, for ourselves and for our neighbor and for the whole church. We have to be holy. All right, let me go to the, to the, to the closing prayers. On one personal note, uh, I'm going to say this from that last article. Skochik is right at one thing. One of his articles, I think it was in um, Epidemic of Brokenness or maybe Crippled Religion. The articles were very good and they were very good observance. But um, the key is personal holiness. And I think Skochik, I think he knows that. But he had to voice, he had to express his frustration. And that frustration, I think, is valid. It is, it is absolutely, extremely valid. Um, try to avoid those voices in the background. It's going to be a funny podcast, I'm sure. 
now the that there is the um the clerical clericalism the church of the clericalism and it's broken up into you got the the novus ordo uh camp and you got the traditional latin mass camp right on the far on one side and then you have the uh i would say uh in the middle there has to be People like Scott Hahn and uh, Taylor Marshall and um, other groups where there is, uh, or I would say the Orthodox everyday practicing Catholic who's who's navigating, like myself, and, and I'm sure like many others, na- trying to navigate through all the nonsense. And that's, and, and there has to be. There has to be. Skocic is right. The traditional Latin mass people have to realize they're trapped in time. I'm not against the traditional Latin mass. I'm not against the Latin mass in general. I don't even know why we got to call it the traditional. Because it really is supposed to be, I would say, the, you know, I would call it, the like, like Benedict XVI call it, the extraordinary form or the Orthodox mass, the Orthodox Latin mass. And the thing is, it has to be alive. Traditional means it's sort of like trapped in its own personal, you know, time warp. And that's the thing. The they focus a lot on the the particular missile. They they focus on 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 something that is that is in a sense, you know, hasn't been updated. I like, I do love. This missile that we have. The missile with all the readings, with all the scriptural readings. Can it be improved? Absolutely, it can be improved. Why not unite it with the the Latin Mass, the extraordinary form? Why not unite it? Who's to say it can't be? But the problem is... You know, with with that camp, they don't want to touch it. They want to keep it in that period, and that's dangerous. But anyway, the point is, we have to be holy, and the whole point of uh, point for all of us is be holy as your heavenly Father is holy. You know, that's what Jesus wants from us. He wants absolute, per, you know, perfection. Be perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. And let the world see the light in you that they may give glory to your heavenly father. Others may see it and be drawn to it. Holiness. And that's why Father Ripperker has said the same thing. That the, the Latin mass people are not really living it. They're like angry. They're like holding on to the Latin mass with bitterness. I don't even know why. Because, because they don't even want to share it. Basically. Maybe... You know, I, it's something psychological. It's something personally emotional. I have no idea. But Jesus wants holiness. He wants us to strive for holy perfection. Not with a stuck up head. But strive to be more like him. Not let things worry us. Not let things trouble us. But look 
towards God every single moment of our lives and then share that love with others. Not beating them over the head to try to convince them to be holy, but by simply share, you know, sharing our lives, sharing Jesus with them without even realizing that they don't even realize that Jesus is being shared with them. Giving them the gospel without even them without it, without them realizing that we're feeding them the gospel. That's that's the key here. Giving them a cup of water. They don't even realize they're being given a cup of water. Doing something good for them without letting them know that we did it for them. You know what I mean? Like secret holiness. It's like um, um, evangelizing in stealth mode. Basically, secret. Secretly, you're giving them the gospel. You're sharing Jesus with them without even realizing it. You're being their best friend without even letting them realize that they, you are their best friend. All right? You're bringing them to heaven without even them realizing they're being brought to heaven. You know? And then them realizing how much you shared the gospel with them one day, they're going to realize it. Their eyes will be opened spiritually. Their souls will be opened spiritually. Every part of them will be, they'll realize and then maybe they realize, I'm a Christian. I just never realized that I am. That's what I mean. All right, let's go into the um, the creed here. I believe in one God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all things visible and invisible. I believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only begotten Son of God, born of the Father before all ages, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, consubstantial with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation he came down from heaven, and by the Holy Spirit was incarnate of the Virgin Mary and became man. For our sake he was crucified under Pontius Pilate, he suffered death and was buried, and rose again on the third day. In accordance with the scriptures, he ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead, and his kingdom will have no end. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, who with the Father and the Son is adored and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. I believe in one holy, Catholic, and apostolic church. I confess one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. I look forward to the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Okay, we'll end it here. Um, but I really am serious about that. It is The key is personal holiness. Personal holiness. And the key is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Of course it is. The gospel doesn't use the word personal, but it. but obviously... It is a relationship with Christ. Study the saints. Find find something that you are comfortable with. 
you know, take, you can modify it. You can modify it a little bit for your lifestyle because it takes small steps into the Holy Spirit gradually in time, you know, uh, invites you to greater holiness from holiness to holiness. It's, it's, a, it, it, how can you go wrong? You know, praying the rosary every day, you could use it for personal, private conversation with Christ. You know, you talk to him like you, just like you're talking to your friend, to a person. Talk to him like if someone, he's there. You know, the show, The Chosen has shown, I think shows a lot of personal holiness. You know, and that's, I think that's why a lot of our bishops, um, a lot of our priests who are very, very progressive, they've adopted the very progressive agenda. And a lot of our, a lot of our, uh, our fellow Catholics, they've been deprived of this. They think personal holy. They think they look at the church from a scientific, humanistic, uh, they look at God from an anthropological attitude. In other words, everything is progressing because, because they don't even realize that that's what they've adopted. You know, the other day I was watching something on Church Milton. They were talking about Charles Darwin. Didn't realize a lot of the people who came up with atheism are people who hated the Catholic Church. But it, it's not the Catholic Church they hate. It's Christianity. If you listen to some of the writings of some of the people that surrounded uh, Charles Darwin, including Karl Marx, they hated Christianity. It's all about destroying the Christian message. But in the end, who saves the church the same way back in the early days of Christianity? It was the lay people. You know, when the Japanese kicked out the missionaries from Japan, I mean, from, um, I'm sorry, from Europe, there were still Catholics there in Japan a hundred years later. There may have been no priest. There may have been no sacraments. But what happens afterward, Christ communicates his holiness in, an, in another way. You know, we are bound in time, but God is not bound in time. He's not bound to the sacraments. He's holy. He's God. But he calls us to be more whole, to be holy, to be, you know, to receive the Eucharist in in other divine ways that God provides. There's always, God always provides a way to, for holiness to, to, to reach his people. Okay. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. God bless, and I'll be back soon with another one.